Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The 2020 MLB season will be one like any other that we have seen before. A 60-game sprint in just over two months to decide who will be playing in October in a format that lends itself to the unpredictable. But that's where Greg Peterson comes in. He's got you covered daily, highlighting elements and angles that will be essential to know along with his picks with every single game on every single day. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting podcast with Greg Peterson. Ladies and gentlemen, games that count in Major League Baseball are back. It is an absolutely superb day. Welcome into lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. New intro because you know what? No longer do we need to go to South Korea, though I'm going to be keeping up with the KBO. For those of you guys that are going to be asking, I'm going to get this I'm front right away. I'm going to be keeping up with the KBO just because, for one, this entire 2020 year has brought new perspective into the phrase, if the season ended today, because you just never know. So I am going to be keeping track of that. And two, I know that some of you guys do like it. So I'm going to be making those Twitter exclusive as of tomorrow. Today, I'm going to be breaking down every side in total on the KBO betting board, along with the two games for Thursday to open up the season. Giants, Dodgers, and Yankees versus Nationals. Those picks are all going to be coming in the final segment, side in total on every one of them. So you're going to have that in the second segment. Jeff Parles, he is now the podcast host of the podcast Jeff and Jake. You may remember him from his work over there at the Vegas Edson Information Network. It still pops on from time to time. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be looking at elements to take into account when betting the 2020 MLB season. Some of the angles that he's looking at for the upcoming season. Some of the angles that I'm looking at for the upcoming season. That's going to be fun. And I always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If there is something that you like answered on this podcast, fire it into my timeline at Junior41. If you send these via direct message, as per usual, the letters ZM to me mean does not matter. And we did get in a couple questions today, so let's give you guys some answers. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. Get this one in from 915SunCity. You can follow him on Twitter at City underscore 915 ES at one New rules at Bet Online. How do you feel about a game must go nine innings for action slash 8.5 innings if the home team is winning. If called due to rain or anything else before it hits above the mark, then no action listed. Pitchers are not an option for the season. This is pretty much the same as it usually is. I've got to think that they're still counting the money line in the case of if a game does not go nine innings and it's counted as official, but 
when you have a run line, when you have a total team total, what have you, for a full game, obviously. First five, you don't need the full game to be wrapped up to catch a first five. You just need the first five innings. But with that said, when you bet a full game, this is pretty much a rule. Everything other than money line, it typically is marked as a refund if the game like wraps up in seven innings or something like that. The big thing here is the fact that listed pitchers are not an option for this year. We're seeing it with more and more places. I know that the Westgate out here in Las Vegas is also not going with listed pitcher. The big reason why is for one, we saw so many issues with regards to openers, like trying to pin down some of these teams that were new to the opener, like the LA Angels were trying it out, the Seattle Mariners. It just felt like there were a couple situations in which you had one guy that was going to be the normal starter. He was originally up there on the Vegas betting board, and then you wound up having him pulled off because of an opener, which makes sense. It's a little bit frustrating, but you know what it happens. But then they would replace the opener with another opener, and then that opener might get replaced with another opener. There were games last year where you could have had any combination of four different starting pitchers, and you didn't know whether or not you had a valid ticket. That was just a big, giant pain in the rear. And let's face it, the unfortunate part with COVID-19 is that you just don't know when there's going to be a late-day scratch if a guy is going to wind up not being able to pitch because his test results don't come in or anything like that. You can think what you want about the coronavirus, but that is the case with regards to the MLB right now. Like it or not, it is something that does need to be taken into account. So that is something I'm looking at. Obviously, there are still quite a few places in which you are able to go pitcher-dependent. It's all going to vary book-to-book. Book. Most of you guys are going to have access to a book that probably is not going to let you go pitcher-dependent, and most of you guys probably are going to if you have multiple options. And I think that would be smart to have a book that allows you to go pitcher-dependent and one that just pretty much has it all laissez-faire like we've been doing with regards to the KBO where you're betting on the team and the team only. The big reason why is because if you're backing an ace pitcher like a Jacob deGrom, like a Garrett Cole for Thursday, you want to be able to lock that in because if Garrett Cole winds up getting scratched for the New York Yankees, no fans or buts about it. The Yankees are a terrific team, but him getting scratched at is huge. Meanwhile, if... Say you're betting on the San Diego Padres and Luis Perdomo for some reason is getting the start and instead they scratch him and they put in there someone like a Denelson Lamette. It's going to make less of a difference than say bringing in some guy for the New York Mets out of the bullpen as compared to Jacob deGrom. So there certainly is that. So actually not a lot of changes. The big thing that is here is the listed pitchers not being an option. And it's just like with the KBO. If you've been listening to this podcast with regards to my KBO picks, pretty much the same thing there. And then we get this one room from TJ. You can follow him on Twitter at TylerJames50S yes, at GNRSCore41. Hey, Greg, I've noticed that F5 overs have been absolutely crushing the last few days in these exhibition games, and the juice on them still isn't terrible. Is this something that you foresee continuing for tomorrow or simply something to blame on the exhibition games? You're going to find out in the next segment. We're going to be talking about this with Jeff Parles, but I am certainly going to be looking at overs. I am less of an F5 guy. I am more of a full game better, but I'm going to be looking at a bunch of full game overs because for one, we know that when you take a look at the KBO, MPB, CPBL, when these guys have been coming into games without fans, because actually out there in the CPBL, you've got fans back in the sands, which good on them. Very nice to see Taiwan as everything under control with regards to the pandemic, but getting back to the task at hand, when you take a look at these relievers that are coming into games with empty stadiums, they're just not throwing with the same amount of velocity as last year. Now, obviously, the KBO pitchers do not throw at the same amount of speed as the guys coming out of a major league bullpen, but with that said, it still is down in comparison to their league. That's something that I'm going to be taking a look at, and the difference between a mile or two per hour for a reliever could mean the difference between a swing and a miss and a home run, so that's certainly something I'm going to be taking a look at, and I've been saying it on this podcast a lot as well. I just don't think these starting pitchers are necessarily going to be sharp. How are you supposed to get in work during the offseason with the elements at hand? Because you got to think that it's really hard for these pitchers to stay in shape. I know a lot of guys were just throwing into a tarp, and that's just something that, to me, it's one of these situations in which it's just not as close to the real thing. Whereas with hitters, you can hit off a pitching machine that's throwing 90-plus miles per hour. Now, it's not quite the same as... 
hitting against live pitching. But with that said, I think that's easier for the pitchers to stay in shape. The humidity is going to be out. It's going to be very hot in these games. Typically, when you start up an MLB season, it's in late March, early April. So it is something I'm certainly going to be looking at. So appreciate the questions, you guys. Thank you very much. And now let's take a look back at what we all noticed yesterday in the KBO. What we noticed was a whole bunch of rain, but we did get in one game. So let's take a look back at it. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. Only game that was played in the KBO Wednesday morning was the Kia Tigers and the Anwa Eagles. Kia Tigers were able to take this one by a count of 2-1. to one. Really not a lot of excitement here as the Kia Tigers wound up getting two runs in the second inning. Anwa wound up getting one run in the third. Both teams wound up leaving the bases loaded at least once. I think that for the Anwa Eagles, they might have left them loaded twice. Hyunjun Yang wound up having his best start in quite a while. This is someone that had a 2.29 ERA in the KBO last season, entered into this game with more on to 6.20, but he gives up just one run over the course of five innings. Certainly got himself into a lot of danger, but was able to get a strikeout, so he was able to do the job there. And then Minwoo Kim, solid start for Anwa. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen from there goes four scoreless, as did the Kia Tigers bullpen. Just not a whole lot of offense in this one, so really wasn't an exciting night out there in the KBO. And I will be giving you guys KBO picks for Thursday morning. After this podcast, though, they are going to be Twitter exclusive. Like I said, going to be keeping up with the KBO, but this will be the last day that I'm doing it officially on this podcast. As after today, podcast is going to be going back to midnight Pacific time for the drop time, 3 a.m. Eastern, just because I am going to be recapping all the MLB games and everything like that. So we are going through a couple changes on this podcast, but one thing that never changes is being able to get on great guests. Jeff Parles certainly fits the bill, does great work out there with a variety of different places. You've heard him on Beeson. He now does the podcast, Jeff and Jake, and he's going to be joining me next for betting elements for the upcoming MLB season right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, and it is a pleasure to be joined by our next guest. This is a man that has bounced all across the country. Over the last couple (laughs) months, he's been in Las Vegas. He's been in the great state of Missouri, and now he's out there in New Jersey. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Parles. Very nice and easy to know. He is the host of Jake and Jeff, and this is a man that's also doing some very good. He and Ben Wilson doing something absolutely terrific to give back. He is launching a free sports broadcasting virtual camp for teams with autism as well. And Jeff, it's great that you're doing all this. You're, you've been a very busy man and always love having you on the podcast. How are you? I'm good, Greg. Next edition of Jake and Jeff, I'll be able to go through my great jaunt across the country via car. Via car, Greg. So that was a lot oh. of fun. So I'll be able to do that. And there are a few other things. And hopefully be announcing a few new ventures for me sooner rather than later. But yeah, you brought up the fan-to-fan play-by-play. Uh, that's been going for about a month now. It's been an awesome experience for Ben and I. So we're very pleased with that. And as always, Greg, it's great to be on with you. That's terrific. And trust me, I know about long car ventures from Wisconsin to Portland, Oregon, from Wisconsin to Houston, Texas, from Wisconsin to Nashville, Tennessee, from Oregon to Las Vegas. So believe me, we are two veterans with that regard we are veterans of looking at baseball, but this is something that's completely new to us. A 60-game season. What are you really looking for with regards to this season? Because I think it's going to be so interesting to gauge these injuries. Because when you take a look at these guys that are going to be banged up, because you got to think at some point with just a quick three-week ramp-up that there are going to be pitchers that get hurt. For our hitters slash runners, it's going to be lower body injuries. A guy that tries to rush himself back from a hamstring injury, that could be just absolutely catastrophic if it winds up happening to one of the key players on a team like a Christian Yelich. You know, it's very interesting this year, Greg, because first off, obviously, the cloud that's over all sports trying to return, and especially for baseball, since they're not going into a bubble setting like the NBA, the MLS, which has seemingly vanquished their issues after a really rocky start to their tournament in Orlando where two teams had to legitimately leave the tournament because they had multiple COVID cases. And in the NHL going to Canada, the whole cloud of COVID is still there. And Greg, the one thing that I'm looking to do, first off, Greg, I've only made two futures this year. And one of them was a young team to win the World Series. And I'll get to that later in the podcast when we talk about that anyway. But 
to me, other than stuff that has really huge value, I'm staying away from individual player props except for one that I took that I just thought the number was completely wrong. And two, you look at the teams that are deep, the teams that have a lot of major league talent in their system. So you look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the deepest team in baseball. If two or three guys get COVID or get hurt in a regular fashion, we saw a lot of soft tissue injuries early on in the KBO because of a shortened spring training over there in South Korea. This was a very abbreviated summer camp where teams are only playing a few games against other teams and only had three weeks to ramp up. So, yeah, we're going to see some soft tissue injuries. We're going to see some shoulder injuries, some elbow injuries for pitchers. I think this benefits the teams that are deep. The Dodgers are going to be okay. They can withstand injuries. The Yankees can withstand injuries. And I think an organizational depth like the Cardinals, they have a lot of organizational depth. They'll be able to withstand injuries. The problem for the Cardinals is I'm just not sure how good they are. They just have a lot of depth. So look, teams that are deep, teams that have about, that can run about 35 players out there that are legitimate major league quality. Those are the teams that I'm going to look at on a daily basis. And I know that's not exciting and it's not exciting to lay $2 or $3 with the Dodgers and the Yankees. I won't do that, but I'll look for run lines. I'll look for alternate run lines with those teams, especially. I mean, we saw one team, the Orioles, named Tommy Malone, their opening day starter, Greg. Uh, there are going to be times where uh, you can lay two and a half, three and a half runs with the Yankees against the Orioles. And keep in mind, with the shortened schedule, 10 times out of 60, one-sixth of the Yankees schedule is the Orioles. So, like I said, Greg, I'm looking for teams that have great depth. That's what I'm looking at. And more than anything, I just hope everyone can stay healthy. Look, injuries are going to happen. I just want everyone to avoid COVID-19. I am right there with you. That would be absolutely terrific. And the good news is it does seem like the players have really bought into trying to be as safe as possible. We're seeing some of these guys wearing masks out there on the field. They're really highlighting the importance of the season really lies with them. So that actually gives me a lot more confidence about the season as we do have Jeff Parles joining me right here on the podcast. And speaking of which, what I think is going to be interesting is that we know that players are going to test positive for COVID-19. They already have. And what I noticed with the players that wanted testing positive in the MPB prior to the season is that they didn't come back the same players. So I'm looking at a guy like a Freddie Freeman who wanted testing positive for COVID-19. And I really need to see him be able to excel a little bit before I can really stick my stock into him because we know this about COVID. For a lot of people that wind up getting it and they wind up having symptoms, it's not necessarily that they get just completely rocked. They're having a near-death experience or anything like that, but it just sort of lingers. It's just there for quite a while. I think that that's going to be very key, just looking at these guys that wind up coming down with the virus and see how they're progressing because if it is something that lingers, you want to just be keeping mental notes and really be like, okay, he's three weeks out from testing positive for COVID. Let's see where he's at right now because he was a little bit rusty in the first week or two coming back. Look, I think it's going to be very hard this year, Greg, to place armchair psychologist on this. Like you said, you're just going to have to watch. You're just going to have to see how the guys are. Freddie Freeman, to me, is the most prominent athlete in North American sports other than Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs to test positive that we know of so far. Just the ability and the prominence in his league. I know people will say Donovan Mitchell or Gobert will be more because they were the first ones, but... Regardless, I want to see how Freeman comes back. I want to see how other guys who have tested positive. Salvador Perez is another guy in Kansas City. I want to see how he looks when he's back. He's already back and practicing with the team. Again, this whole thing, the whole universe at this point is in a wait and see. <laughs> so it's the same deal with this. And I'm very curious to see once the teams start traveling. The last round of tests were very good for Major League Baseball. Only two positives in the last round of tests. That's really, really good. You have to see what it does when these teams are starting to travel, and especially when you have teams traveling from hotspot states like Florida, like Georgia, like Texas, like Southern California, to other spots. What happens when those teams interact with other teams? I want to see how this goes. And really, Greg, I think if we get through the first few weeks, I think Major League Baseball has a real shot. And just getting through those first two weeks are going to be extraordinarily difficult. I agree with you. The first road trip. And then, as we know, typically when it comes to COVID testing, you don't realize until a few days after. So I'm really putting it at three weeks. If you're able to get through three weeks, I think that we are going to get a full season. We're going to get a World Series champion crown, which is exactly what we all want. 
And what we all want as well is to make some money. And as we know, on Thursday, we've got two games. It's two teams that you already mentioned that are going to be taking place in these games as well. Yankees versus Nationals. And then you've also got the Giants versus the Dodgers. I'm right there with you with the Dodgers. I already wound up playing the run line with them against the San Francisco Giants. I'm seeing them right around minus 135-ish, depending on where you get the number with regards to that run line. And then with the Yankees, they've been hovering Ever since this line came out at a lot of places as early as like late June, early July at minus 130, it's jumped up now to more like minus 140 or minus 145. But I think those two teams that you just mentioned, Yankees, Dodgers a few minutes ago, they've got great value on opening night. I'm not willing to go that far with the Dodgers. It's just not. They just want to see what they look like more than anything. Look, I expect Garrett Cole to have a great outing in his first outing as a Yankee. A few months delayed. And one other thing, too. Greg, my favorite bet from the opening night is actually the yes in the first inning. So there will be a run scored or over a half run if you're in a newer state jurisdiction. A New Jersey, a Colorado, and Indiana. I like over the half run in the first inning at a plus number because Max Scherzer in his tune-up against the Phillies last week. His fastball was in the low 90s. That's a problem. <laughs> if Max Scherzer's in the low 90s, he's not going to be as effective. And that Yankee lineup is a beast. Aaron Judge looks completely healthy. The Yankees benefited too. As horrible as the delay is and everything that has happened, the Yankees are fully healthy. They weren't going to be fully healthy if the season started on time. Judge was banged up. Stanton was going to miss the beginning of the year. Aaron Hicks it's going to miss zero games with the Tommy John surgery, which is pretty miraculous. I actually like the Yankees to get a run in that first inning. So my favorite bet, you can get a plus 115 in New Jersey and get a plus 115 at the Westgate on the yes, there will be a run scored in the first inning. So that is my favorite bet for opening night on Thursday. I think that that's a good angle that you're looking at, as we do have Jeff Barles joining me right here on the podcast, because what I think is going to suffer more than anything else at the beginning of the MLB season is these starting pitchers, and they're not going to be able to go as far. You just mentioned it with Max Scherzer. You just don't know what elements these guys have been able to have at their disposal. Someone like a Trevor Bauer, he was able to throw to some live hitters, but... With that said, when you take a look at these guys, they're used to going like 95, 100 plus pitches. They're used to trying to give you six plus innings. We're just not going to see that at the beginning of the year. Obviously, with roster expansion, you're going to see added relievers. But I just have a feeling that we're going to see a bunch of three, four or so inning starts from a lot of these guys. And you just really can't put your faith in these guys, even on a first five bet, that they're going to make it all the way through those first five innings. Look, there will be absolute cases with that, Greg. I'm not all the way there with you on that. I have confidence Jacob DeGrom is going to be able to pitch five innings, six innings against Atlanta. There are some guys that will meet the moment. My main concern with Scherzer is that velocity was down in his tune-up start against Philadelphia. Again, we know that's a telltale sign of either A, injury, or for Scherzer. Look, Scherzer's no spring chicken. He's not a young guy anymore. 35, 36 years old now. At some point, you're going to you're gonna start seeing a decline with Max Scherzer. And look, the Yankees, like I said, the Yankee lineup is loaded. And if Aaron Judge is healthy, like he looks so far through these tune-up games, three home runs. I know that one against the Phillies technically didn't count, but it still happened. But the Judge looks healthy. Stanton looks healthy. The Yankee lineup is a monster. And I think he should be able to scratch across a run or Aaron Judge might hit one to the Washington Monument off of Max Scherzer on opening night. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And by the way, Max Scherzer turns 36 next week. So that obviously yeah. is not necessarily a promising sign. And the reason why I'm looking at the starters not going deep as well is because typically when you have a start to the season as well in late March, early April, if you're playing a game in, say, Detroit, Minnesota, you get an inside fastball, that's going to sing for a lot of these batters. The ball isn't flying as far. Well, I noticed with regards to spring training with these summer camp games, there certainly isn't as much juice in the ball as we saw during the 2019 regular season, but it certainly isn't the dead ball that we saw during the postseason either. I've been sort of looking at it. In my opinion, it's sort of a hybrid. We can break out the scientists, but that's just my layman's view of it. And when you've got all these humid temperatures in the middle of July to start the season, I just have a feeling that it is going to be a little bit of an overfest. We've seen it with the KBO, the MPB, all these foreign leagues. At the beginning of the year, it's just been a whole bunch of overs because typically you're starting the season a little bit later, and I have to think that these pitchers are a little bit rusty as well. Well, look, you start in March, and you said it. If you start in the last week of March, opening day at Wrigley Field is not a pleasant experience usually. It's just based off the weather. First off, by the way, Greg, 
the fact that they're playing a night game on Friday night at Wrigley Field is just wrong. I don't care if there's no fans <laughs> in the stands. I don't care if it's an abnormal season. Start the game at 120 in the afternoon like you're supposed to at Wrigley. Come on. But look, it's going to be different. Your first three weeks are going to be in the, some of the hottest weeks of the entire calendar year, period. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think we're going to see a bunch of overs. I also think we're seeing a few other starting pitchers. Like, look, I know the Orioles have nothing on their roster, but the fact that Tommy Malone is starting in an opening day in 2020 uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so, like, you have those scenarios. You still have Marco Gonzalez is still the number one in Seattle. They have to go to Houston, which is just a terrible matchup for Gonzalez with all those great, powerful right-handed bats. Trash cans or not, those guys can still hit. It feels like this is the weakest crop of opening day pitchers we have seen in a while. Greg, obviously, you still have your studs. You still have your Coles, your DeGroms, your rising stars like the game on the south side, a Giolito Berrios for the Twins and White Sox on opening nights. But look, I think you're right. I think your overfest first week of the season actually is a pretty good point of attack, Greg. Obviously, there'll be places where you go take your unders, but... I think you're going to be looking at a 60-40 split, 60% over, 40% under the first 10 days or so. And we are seeing some of these starting pitchers as they're being announced as well, and some of these are just absolutely terrible. You mentioned a few of them. How about the fact that you've got going out there Nathan Eovaldi for the Red Sox? It's just absolutely insane what we're going to be seeing in that Orioles versus Red Sox game. Look, I have no issue with Eovaldi, Greg. I have no issue with Eovaldi, but just Tommy Malone, come on. Come on now. With Danny Duffy for the Royals. Danny Duffy. Yeah, yeah parting like it's 2016 for Duffman. <laughs> oh, man. And speaking of Duffman, I'm going to need to get a beer in a couple minutes. So, Jeff, why don't you tell the people at home where they're able to follow you on social media and just what you're working on in general. You're a man that, like you said at the top, you've been traveling a lot. You do a great job of just Keeping up with a little bit of everything on the podcast that you and Jake Asman do is absolutely terrific. Yeah, a little rebranding. Jake and Jeff now is the podcast. You can find us. We're actually going to be doing one. Opening day of baseball, we're going to be live on our Twitter accounts, at Jeff Parles and at Jake Asman. So you'll be able to see a live edition of that. And look, we're doing a lot of things. I hope to have a fun announcement sooner rather than later with a new venture in the broadcast camp. Fan to fan, play by play has really been a special month for Ben and I working with the four teenagers with autism. And it's really been an awesome experience for all of us involved. It is absolutely terrific what you are doing. Jeff has always been a good friend of this podcast, and he's doing some terrific work. Currently out there in New Jersey, where he's going to be next week, is anyone guess? We will stay tuned on that. And you should stay tuned here, because coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast, I give you a signing total on both games for opening day of the Major League Baseball season, along with the signing total for every game on Thursday morning's KBO Betting Board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Jeff Parles of the podcast. Jeff and Jake for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a signing total on every game on the MLB and KBO betting board for Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you know if any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSquarty1. Now, I did mention it in the first segment that some of these books are going to let you go pitcher-dependent. Other of these books, you're betting on the team and the team only when it comes to the MLB. With regards to these foreign games, with regards to the KBO, really every place other than Pinnacle, you are betting on the team and the team only. So you certainly do have that going on. And I know that you guys have been just thirsting for MLB baseball. So even though they are with regards to a time standpoint, after the KBO games, we are going to be going with them first. I always try to give the people what they want. So we're going to be starting out with the two MLB games. And then we're going to be breaking down the KBO betting board. And as per usual, we're going in Las Vegas rotation order. This begins with 901-902 on the betting board. And it feels good to say this. The New York Yankees hit the road to face off against Washington Nationals. 
Mad Max Scherzer goes for the Nationals. Garrett Cole going for the New York Yankees. If you're looking at the Yankees, you're going to be finding them as low as minus 130 in some spots. I'm seeing them rise to as high as minus 145. If you're looking at the Nationals, you're probably going to be finding them in the neighborhood of between plus 120. And if you're getting really lucky, maybe a little bit above plus 130. And your total on this game pretty much across the board is 127.5. When this game opened up a few weeks ago, at most books it was right around 7. But now you're finding mostly 7.5 with the juice on both sides right around minus 110. And if you're looking at a run line with the Yankees laying a run and a half, you're going to be finding that right around a plus 130. And this is a spot where I've just got to be taking a look at the New York Yankees. I mean, it's just one of these situations in which we were talking about it with our good buddy Jeff Parles. Max Scherzer just did not look right in that exhibition game against the Philadelphia Phillies. And it's not just that. It's the fact that towards the end of last season, prior to the postseason, Max Scherzer was going through a back injury. You could tell he was not his same self. During the second half of the 2019 season, from like July through September, he had an ERA that was worth of a 4.5. He did not look right when you take off a couple miles per hour on his velocity. He's not the same guy. He's now nearly 36 years old. Meanwhile, you want to know how Garrett Cole closed out the 2019 season? Final 12 starts of the year from July 22nd on. He made 12 starts. The Houston Astros went 12-0 in those starts. He had a personal record of 10-0, so he wound up getting the decision in 10 out of those 12 starts. He was just absolutely lights out. And then you take a look at the New York Yankees. You've got Aaron Judge who wound up hitting three home runs in those team's last two exhibition games. Aaron Hicks, somehow, someway, is not going to be missing a game due to the injury that he wound up facing. Now, I do know that DJ Vamayu is going to be out with COVID-19, and then you also have Aroldis Chapman that is going through it as well, but now you've got Glaber Torres in the fold. You've got a healthy Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, Clint Frazier might be the fifth best hitting outfielder for the New York Yankees at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. You've got Brett Gardner who's probably going to be on the bench in this game. You've just got stacks upon stacks with regards to the New York Yankees and their lineup. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Washington Nationals. No doubt you've got Juan Soto. He's going to be doing a terrific job. And Howie Kendrick is always chopped liver in my opinion. He hit a little bit over 300 last year. He had some clutch hits in that World Series run. I really like what he's able to bring to the table, but Anthony Rendon no longer on this team. Rado Power is actually playing in Japan right now, so there is a whole lot of that right now. You've got Carter Keyboom. I do think that he's going to be able to make a little bit of an impact for this Washington Nationals team. I don't know if he's going to be able to do so right away. And then you've got Trey Turner down for what along with Adam Eaton. That do a solid job of getting on base. Eric Thames comes over from the Milwaukee Brewers. He's able to provide a little bit of pop in the bat, but with that said, what are you going to be able to get out of Jan Gomes, Azurba Cabrera, Victor Robles, guys like this? I think it's a little bit to be determined. I think that Garrett Cole is probably going to wind up going like six innings, give up two runs, something like that, but I think that Scherzer is not going to be able to go deep in this game. I do recognize also with the Washington Nationals that their bullpen performed better than the 29th that they were with regards to ERA for the entire 2019 season once they got in Daniel Hudson along with Sean Doolittle, but it still is not a great bullpen in general. I think that the Nationals are going to wind up giving up a touchdown in this game, so for that reason, we are going with the New York Yankees on the money line, and we're going to be taking this total over, and now we go to the other game on the Las Vegas betting board with regards to the MLB before we go to the KBO. 9:03, 9:04 on the betting board. You've got the San Francisco Giants, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the LA Dodgers. If you're looking at the Dodgers, you're going to be finding at minimum juice of a minus 280. I'm seeing this at circa right now, minus 310, so if you're looking at the money line the Dodgers you're going to be laying it one line of the Dodgers is going to be a little bit more affordable you're looking at more of around a minus 135 to a minus 145 might get a little bit lucky with the juice there but if you're looking at the Giants at minimum you're going to be finding a plus 250 right now at circa I'm seeing more around a plus 275 and your total on this game is eight at a lot of spots with the over of eight you're going to be finding it anywhere between even juice and minus 110 meanwhile with the under you're going to be finding that more around minus 120 to minus 110. And it is going to be Johnny Coito who goes for the San Francisco Giants. And it's going to be Clayton Kershaw going for the Dodgers. And Clayton Kershaw, what we noticed from him during the 2019 season is that he would give you about six or seven solid innings. He would give up all his runs early. I don't know how and I don't know why, but second and third time through the lineup, unlike with most pitchers out there in the 
MLB, it was actually better for him. The first time through is when he typically got shelled, so I think that that's a little bit of intrigue. And then you take a look at Johnny Cueto. If you're betting on the San Francisco Giants, you're trusting in a guy that's made 13 starts over the course of two years. He's now 34 years old. He really hasn't been himself since he was an All-Star in the 2016 campaign. And you take a look at his last start of the 2019 season. It was ironically enough against the LA Dodgers. He went two innings. He gave up five runs. Thanks for showing up, Johnny. That was not a very good effort. I mean, he's got a combined ERA north of four in the last two years for this team. It's just something that you really can't rely upon. And here's what else you need to factor in with the San Francisco Giants. Their new manager is Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler is an absolutely terrible manager. I would trust in a peanut butter sandwich before I would trust in Gabe Kapler managing my team. This guy has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He comes over from the Philadelphia Phillies. The fact that a team, after the Philadelphia Phillies wound up kicking him to the curb, gave him another chance is just absolutely atrocious. There are so many other guys that deserve a managing job over Gabe Kapler. But with that said, we have to handicap exactly what's out there. And what we do know with the San Francisco Giants is that Brandon Belt and Evan Longoria, they're right now on the 10-day injured list. You saw the San Francisco Giants sell off a lot of their bullpen during the 2019 campaign, so they're not going to be necessarily as deep with that regard with the LA Dodgers. They did wind up adding Jake McGee from the Colorado Rockies to bolster their bullpen. They are still going to be very solid as well. And then what you love about the LA Dodgers, just all the pets that this team has. I mean, you take a look at a guy like a Chris Taylor. He's like a number eight, number nine hitting option for this team. It's absolutely ridiculous because you've got my man Justin Turner down for what? Corey Bellinger, Max Muncie, AJ Pollock. And now you've got a healthy Corey Seager. That's a nice little bonus. Jock Peterson is still with the team. He's a guy that's able to give you a whole bunch of power. He had 36 home runs last year. Kike Hernandez really did struggle during the 2019 campaign. He was hitting right around to 240, but guy's versatile. He's able to do a little bit of everything. You notice that some of the catchers were able to really step up as well. Will getting jiggy with it. Smith was able to have a nice year, and then you've still got Austin Barnes as well. This team is just loaded top to bottom. Heck, you even take a look at the backup third baseman, Edwin Rios. This is a guy that was hitting 280 during the regular season. I mean, you've got bats upon bats upon bats with the LA Dodgers. With the Giants, you've got a team that is without pretty much their captain from the last several years in Buster Posey. He wound up opting out of the season. Now, I will say this. Austin Slater looked very good in one of the team's exhibition games. He was able to give a team five RBI. And Mikey Strzemski showed some promise towards the end of the 2019 season. He finished the year hitting right around a two 75. He was able to give the team 20 plus home runs. You now have Wilmer Flores in the fold and you still have Hunter Pence on this team. I mean, this guy is absolutely ancient. He's like 37 years old, but he had right around a 300 last year. He was able to do some good things before he wound up getting injured for the Texas Rangers. So I do think that there is going to be a couple runs to be had with regards to the San Francisco Giants team, but I think that the Dodgers are just going to wind up knocking Cueto out of this game very early. You have to rely upon Pablo Sandoval for the San Francisco Giants team as well. May God grant that they put him at the designated hitter spot because when he showed up to summer camp, it looked like Pablo Sandoval had eaten Pablo Sandoval. I mean, I couldn't believe I was looking at a Major League Baseball player with that regard, but with that said, we are going to be going with the LA Dodgers on the run line. I think that they should win this game handily, and we're going to be going with this game over as well. And now we hit the KBO betting board. As per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with these as well, and these are games that are going to be starting at 5.30 a.m. Eastern time when you're taking a look with regards to Pacific time. This is 2.30 a.m. Pacific, and with a lot of these games getting rained out Wednesday morning, you're going to have a lot of the same pitching matchups for Thursday morning, so I'm going to keep this a little bit more brief on those matchups. And this begins with 3.04.621, 3.04.622. SK Wyverns are going to be playing us to the Giants of Lote. If you're looking at the Lote Giants, you're going to be able to get a plus price on this one. With Lote, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 125 and plus 130. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Wyverns, you're going to be finding anywhere between minus 145 and minus 130, and your total on this game is 10.5 over juice of minus 105, and the under is minus 115, and your pitching matchup for this one, John Wook Lee is going to be going for the SK Wyverns. Meanwhile, one Sam Jung is going to be going for the Lotte Giants, and this is the same pitching matchup that we were supposed to have yesterday. I was going with the Wyverns, and I'm going to be going with this total under as well, just because I do like the fact that both of these bullpens are going to be having an extra day of rest with the Wyverns. They've got league average bullpen, and for Lote, they've actually been pretty trustworthy with regards to bullpen. And then when you take a look at Lote in general, this is a team that they do a good job of getting on base, but don't necessarily have a lot of guys that are going to belt 
a bunch of home runs. You take a look at a guy like Dejo Lee, certainly doing a nice job of getting on base, 318 average. He's been able to give the team 11 home runs, 50 RBI. Dixon Machado really hitting up 290 batting average. And then Asap Son is hitting a 344 on base over a 400. Guy that's really been supplying the power, though, Don Yihan. He's hitting right around 250 for the campaign, but you look at what he's done recently with the bat. It's been very good. He's been able to give the team five home runs over the last two and a half weeks, so he certainly has been able to heat up with that regard. That's been good for the team. John Wu Jun has been able to supply 13 home runs, which has been nice, but then you take a look at the Wyverns. This is a team that's getting a little bit healthier, and I do like the fact that Lee is going to be going in this one for the Wyverns as a 308 ERA. You take a look at the other side for Lotte. You're sending out there a 37-year-old with an ERA that it's north of 70. He's given up at least three runs in every one of his starts so far this year. It's not been good. But when you take a look at Lee and what he's been able to do for the Wyverns, walks are a little bit unsightly. He's given up 20 five of them in 49 and two-thirds innings, but he's actually been reducing that recently in his last two starts and combined one walk, so that is something that is very nice and that is something that you really do hang your hat on, and he's been giving more length as well. Six plus innings in three of the team's last four starts. Prior to those last four starts, he had not gone north of five and a third innings all year long, so you do like to see that, and then for the Wyverns as well. You do have to like the fact that Jamie Romack was able to give the team a home run a few days ago. He's been struggling so far this year, but he's now got 13 home runs, 36 RBI, and Jung Choi, who was in the top five of the KBO for home runs during the 2019 season, along with Romack. He also has 13 bombs so far this year. Both these guys have an on-base set. Has been pretty good with Choi, more around 415, Romack 380. And then the big key for this team is being able to get Dongman Han back to the fold. He's hitting a 280. He played in the first 18 games this year with six home runs. He was injured for about two months. He has come back, and he's had two home runs at a little bit over a week back. So that is something that is very promising. I do think that both these bullpens are going to be able to do a stable job, but you really do have to like the pitching matchup in this one for SK. So we're going to go with the Wyverns and this total under. We move on to game number 304-623-304-624. The Kiwoom Heroes are going to be hitting the road to face off against Bears of Doosan. If you're looking at the Heroes, going to be finding them anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125, with the Bears anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145, and your total on this game is 10.5. With the over juice of 10.5, it is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. Starting pitching matchup for this one, going for the Heroes, it is going to be Sung Hoo Lee, and it is going to be Chaigu Park, who's going to be going for the Bears, and with Park, he has went north of three innings once so far this year. This is someone that has not made a start during the 2020 season. I will say, in relief, he's been okay, but here's the thing. 23 walks in 29 and a third innings. He has given up 14 runs in those 29 and third innings. Now, only nine have been earned, so you got to think that this is going to be a little bit of bullpen game for Dusan. and then when you take a look at Lee, what he's been able to do for the Kiwo Miros, recently not great. He has made in his last three starts, it passed the fourth inning zero times. He has given up six, six, and four runs with three of those being earned in his last three starts, respectively. It has just been a hot mess for him. And what is big for Lee is the fact that he does do a solid job of not giving up overly many walks. In 60 and a third innings, he has given up 21 walks, so that's been solid. Here's the thing, though. He's given up eight home runs. The hard contact has just been a little bit too much recently, and he's given up too much contact in general. He's given up right around 10 and a half to 11 hits per nine innings. But with that said, this is going to be a situation in which I do like the Kiwo Miros in this matchup because Biongo Bark, the KBO leader in home runs during the 2019 campaign, he's starting to get it going. He has been able to make 17 home runs so far this campaign, so he has been able to do a solid job with that regard. You take a look at just what you're getting around him as well. It feels like the heroes just have guys upon guys that are hitting right around 300, which is the case with the Doosan Bears as well. You've got a guy like Jose Miguel Fernandez and JLO that are both hitting above a 340. No if, ands, or buts about it. That is very nice. And then when you take a look at the Doosan Bears, you've got the former 2018 KBO MVP that's starting to put up some big numbers and Jayvon Kim. 279 batting average, 12 home runs, 59 RBI. No doubt that's been very solid. And then the guy that gets a little bit lost in the shuffle is Kung Min Her, who's been aiming at 380, but I do like the fact that Ki Woom has, in my opinion, one of the more underrated stars in this league because what you've been able to notice with Jung Hoo Lee is that he does everything. Terrific fielder, 356 batting average, 12 home runs, 52 RBI, and then you're able to pair that up with Ha Sung Kim and his 15 bombs and 51 RBI. I think that Ki Woom has a little bit of a better bullpen as well. They're in the top three in the KBO with that regard. Doosan's bullpen has been a little bit better recently, but they're going to have to rely upon it a little bit more, in my opinion, than the Heroes 
So for that reason, we're going to be going with Key Woom and this total over. We move on to game number 304625, 304626. The NC Dinos are going to be playing against the Samsung Lions. If you're looking at the Lions, you're going to be finding them as the biggest underdog on this board. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 210 and plus 225. Meanwhile, with the NC Dinos, you're going to be finding them at minimum of minus 240. You might be finding them as high as minus 270. And your total on this game is 9.5 over Juice of Even, and the under is minus 120. Drew Rachinsky is going to be going for the NC Dinos. Meanwhile, taking the mound for the Samsung Lions, Tay and Juan. And with Tay and Juan, this is a guy that was supposed to be going up against Rosinski yesterday. And unfortunately, that game wound up getting rained out and postponed. But with Juan, what I like about this guy is that he's just been able to do a great job of keeping games out in front of him. He's given up more than two earned runs in two starts so far this year. And that's 12 starts right there. So, I mean, he's been really solid. 66 in the third innings. He has given up a grand total of 28 walks, which is a little bit high, but he does a nice job of just being able to limit contact in general, which is going to be big against an NC Dinos team that has Aaron Altair firing in all cylinders with Altair. He only trails Mel Roas with regards to the KBO lead in regards to home runs. Sungbum now was able to hit a home run a couple days ago. He's back in the fold after being a little bit banged up. And then you've got pretty much everyone on this NC Dinos team who's hitting a two 75 in the starting lineup. You take a look at the catching situation. You've got JLO who's probably going to be out the fold, but Taegun Kim, he still hits a 300 for this team. Chan Hun Kim, who's like a backup shortstop, is hitting a 280. I mean, it's absolutely incredible what you're getting on this team. And then Jin Sung Kong, who was an afterthought coming into the year, he's hitting a 360, 10 home runs, 45 RBI. No doubt you've got a sack lineup there. But with the Samsung Lions, you've just got a bunch of guys that are able to get on base. You've got one of the best bullpens out there in the KBO, and one that's rested because the game did wind up getting rained out yesterday. Minho Kim has been able to carry the mail with regards to home runs for this team with nine of them, but then you've got a whole bunch of guys behind him, like uh, Sungu Lee, Won Suk Lee, Jawu Koo. These guys all have seven to eight home runs. Tyler Saladino probably going to be out of the fold once again for the team, but what you've got to love for this team is the fact that you've got a guy in Sun Tzu Kim, 335 batting average, 436 on base, two home runs in the last two weeks. He's really been able to step up. I do think that Samsung is going to be able to get a great pitching performance in this one. And keep in mind, with the NC Dinos, they've got the worst bullpen ERA out there in the KBO. Now, Drew Osinski, I think, is going to be able to go seven strong in this one. You take a look at what he's done so far this year. A 205 ERA, 9-1 record, 13 starts made, 83 in the third innings, 73 punch outs, and 28 walks, and he's only given up six home runs. So, no question he's been solid. In his one start against Samsung, he wound up giving up one run over the course of six-plus innings. So, he was certainly able to do the job there, but I do think that this is going to be a low-scoring game going into the latter innings. I think that the Samsung bullpen is able to do just enough to be able to pull this one out. So for that reason, we're going to be going with the plus price here with the Lions, and we are going to be going with this total under as well. We move on to 304-627-304-628. Biggest underdog on the KBO betting board is the Anwa Eagles. You're finding them anywhere between plus 230 and plus 240. Meanwhile, with the Gate Tigers, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 270. Might find them as high as minus 285 as well, and you're your total on this game is 8.5 over his use of minus 120, and the under is even. And your starting pitching matchup for this one, Chad Bell goes for the Anwa Eagles. Meanwhile, it is going to be Aaron Brooks. No, not the former NFL quarterback or the Oregon Ducks basketball player, but rather the pitcher who winds up going for the Kia Tigers. And for Brooks, he's been lights out this year. He deserves better than a 5-3 record. 249 ERA, 13 starts. He has won a grand total of 83 innings. He's done a great job of keeping the ball in the yard. Three home runs given up, 68 strikeouts to 17 walks. He has given up more than three runs in one start so far this year. I mean, not enough can be said about the job he is doing right now. And more impressively, he has given up two walks or fewer in all but one of his starts ever since May 23rd. So he's not putting unnecessary runners on base. And he gets to face an Anwa team that has one guy on the roster with more than three home runs so far this year. That's just absolutely mind-numbing. You saw the Kia Tigers and the Anwa Eagles were the only team that wound up playing a game on Wednesday morning. So they are going to be a little bit more taxed with the bullpen, but only guy that's hitting more than three home runs for Anwan right now, that would be Jin Hong Choi. He's got six home runs, hitting a 232. Brandon Barnes has been able to give the team a little bit of a boost. He's got a 267 average. This is the guy that in the MLB once hit a cycle, so he's able to do a little bit of that. But then you take a look at this Anwan bullpen. It's not necessarily great. They use up a lot of their trustworthy guys in the game Wednesday morning to try to keep that game at bay. They were unable to pull it out. Now you've got a guy in a Yonku Lee who's got an on base right around a 380, so that is something that is quite promising. But then you take a look at the key Tigers. You've got a lot of pop in the bat of these guys as well. Preston Tucker has been up and down all year long, but his on base is still right around a 416 home runs, 55 RBI. Numbers don't lie there. But then you've got to be able to back him up. G1 not along with 
Hongwoo Choi. These two guys have combined 83 RBI, 19 home runs with now he's hitting a 290. Choi a 318. That is certainly helping out the cause. And then Chen Jin Lee. 327 batting average, nearly a 400 on base. That has been rock solid. And then John O'Park has been able to do a decent job of going on base as well. He's been really heating up the last few weeks. And then with the Key Tigers, top bullpen with regards to ERA as well. I really do think that Aaron Brooks is going to be able to deliver a good performance, but I think that this is a spot in which the Key Tigers have a chance to be able to hit the over all by themselves because you take a look at what Chad Bell has done for the Anwa Eagles so far this year. It is absolutely terrible. 0-6 record, 7.96 ERA. He has given up at least four runs in all but one of his starts so far this year. And that first start was when he wound up facing off against the LG Twins, and he only went three and a third innings in that one. This guy has just been all over the place. He's backed up by a bad bullpen. I think the Kia Tigers hit the overall by themselves, and I'm going to be looking at them on the run line in the spot. If you're looking at a Kia Tigers run line, it is all of a sudden going way, way up. It is now more in the neighborhood of a minus 170 to a minus 175. This is way heightened from what it was earlier today, but I still think that there's value there along with the over. And we wrap things up with game number 304-629-304-630, the KT Wiz. And here's the reason why I'm going to be sick with the KBO and giving those out on Twitter every single day because we can't abandon the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. And our Blob friends are going to be playing host the LG Twins. And it brings joy to our heart to say that the Blobs are a favorite. Anywhere between minus 145 and minus 155. With the Twins, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 125 and plus 135. And your total on this game is 10 and a half. The over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And the under is anywhere between even and minus 110. You've got William Cuevas, who's going to be going for the Blobio friends. And it is going to be on the other side. Jengu Lim, who's going to be going for the LG Twins with Lim. He has given up four plus runs in five out of his last nine starts. Coming off a very nice start against Anwa. Now, it is Anwa, but he had six scoreless innings with that regard. And what you do like about Lim as well, he has given out two walks or fewer in each out of his last four starts. And for that matter, you're able to date it back to six out of his last seven. So, he does a good job of not putting unnecessarily men on base. You take a look at the last time he faced off against our Blobby friends. That was in May. He wound up giving up four runs over the course of six innings. Did have eight punch-outs, but when you take a look at this Blobs team, Mel Rojas is on another planet right now. He is looking at the triple crown as he's hitting above a 390, 24 home runs, leads the KBO and RBI. Now, Beko Kung has seen his batting average go to just below 300, but he still has given the team 12 home runs despite the fact that he's missed a few weeks. And then you've got Jung Dae Bae who says, hey, Bae Bae, to raising up pitchers ERAAA. He's hitting right around a 330, on base nearly a 400. Who, John, you has been able to give the team right around a 290 batting average. He's got a little bit of pop in the bat. And then the guy that I think goes under the radar as well is Kung Su Park. He's got eight home runs, 36 RBI, hitting a 285. That has been pretty rock solid. And for the Blobs, they're the second worst bullpen ERA in the KBO. But it's actually been a little bit better recently. And then you take a look at what you're getting out of LG. You just don't know what it is going to be from game to game. Now, I will say, Roberto Ramos being able to give the team a home run Tuesday morning is nice. But you got to think that it's just demoralizing the fact that the Twins gave up a 7-run lead in that game on Tuesday on ESPN. Their bullpen is going to be a little bit less taxed because they wound up using pretty much every reliever under the sun in that game Tuesday, so they were able to recharge a little bit. And then you've got Hunsu Kim, the hit machine, who's been able to give the team 7 home runs over the last 3 weeks. He's hitting above a 330. No fans or butts about it. That has been very nice for this team. And you've got one other guy that has been able to do a solid job of providing some good offense in G1-0, hitting a 281. I do like the fact that he's been able to give the team 34 RBI, but with that said, you've got a lot of guys that are banged up on this lineup. You've also got a bunch of guys that they're just not necessarily performing to their best. When you take a look at the catcher spot, Kong Nam Yu along with Sung Woo Lee, both these guys are hitting above 280, but I think that both are going to come back to the pack a little bit as well. And with the LG Twins, without having their main closer in there, this bullpen has been a hot mess. I do think that it is going to be a little bit lower scoring because both of these bullpens were able to get a little bit of rest, so I'm going to go with this total under, but we're going to be going with our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, and that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Wednesday afternoon slash Thursday morning. A big thanks to Jeff Parles for joining me in the second segment. Guy that you guys know from VEASAN, now doing some podcasts, work, just a great guy in general. And if you do like what you're hearing on this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a big question for the podcast, bring it into my timeline at your 41 Now it is going to be a little bit more than a 24-hour break because 
The next podcast I'm going to be releasing, it is going to be technically Friday morning at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, because I'm going to be getting back into the flow of recapping all the MLB games, going just MLB only when it comes to sides and totals, giving out plays and everything like that. Like I said, KBO games, those are going to be Twitter exclusive, so I'm going to be keeping up with that. So I do want to alert you guys of that change, but hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. Hopefully you guys like this podcast. and. Baseball in the United States is back, baby. It is a great time to be alive. So thank you so much for tuning in.